Hey everybody, welcome to the Rock Pile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rocky subreddit. I'm Zach, username is Atch17. John J. Foster 15. And man, it's it's been a while since we've all talked. Um, how you guys been? I'm Good, sure, I hope. I'm sure they've been swell. Swell? I hope you've all been swell. All people who are actually listening to this have been absolutely swell. Um... <laughs> You know, um, we're going to try to fill up the off season with a couple of other um, interesting things that happened. You know, we can go into the whole fact about September usage and who's going to make the team and who we shouldn't resign and all this other junk and how the Rockies ended up at 71 to 91 uh, and 20 games under after making the playoffs last year. Um, but really, what we wanted to focus on was the uh, there's this there's this guy who's this who's the general manager of this team, Mr. Harvard himself, Jeff Breidich. Mr. Harvard Breidich. Um, he brought it. He brought a fiery answers to um to the end of the season because he had some things to answer for. I mean. John, what would have been a, just a little bit of a disappointing season for you? Just a little disappointing. Yeah, uh, it was only about, what, 17 games worse than I expected us to be. So I was going to say, like, I would have been a little disappointed at, like, a just under 500. Yeah. yeah and I that would be, like, if we lost, like, two starting pitchers. Well, yeah, I think part of it is, is there was some injuries, so that does play into it, but... It was going in a bad direction before they mount, those injuries mounted. Yeah, when you have like all your starting pitchers die. Yeah. Um, another podcast we're definitely going to talk about. Um, sweaty boy himself, Tim Melville, <laughs> the hero he, that we uh, needed. The hero you didn't know you needed. Um, so the Rocky seasons end. Seasons end. We didn't really trade anybody at the deadline because we don't do that kind of thing. Well, uh, referencing back to the time with Breidich talking, apparently Dick Monfort said that he nixed a trade that short term would not have helped the team, but would have helped the team long term. So who knows what that deal was about? But it sounds like we had something in place that was nixed. For what reason? I'll never know. We'll all probably never know, but there was Monfort, something happening. Some, yeah, Monfort has gotten in the way before, and it's really hurt us in the past. Yeah, Purple Dinosaur Podcast mentioned, and I had never heard this rumor before, or they stated it as a fact. I don't know if it's a fact or a rumor, um, that we that he nixed a deal for Jorge De La Rosa for Eduardo Rodriguez. And it was when I remember that it was when JDR was a pending free agent, so we would have gotten six years something. of him, a guy who just won twenty games for one That'd month. Nice. Yeah, was that was he on the Orioles at the time? I remember the DLR, the Orioles talks. We always had talks with the Orioles that always fell apart. Yes, because I think they ended up trading, um, or Cashner or something. No, they traded for um, uh, Andrew Miller. Yeah, that'd been interesting. 
Anyway, the the seasons behind us, there was a ton of injuries. Dahl was injured. Murphy was injured. All the starting pitch was injured. Oberg was injured. Um, and uh, we just had a whole bunch of guys. Um, why don't we do the quick little rundown of the 2018-2019 um, people um, who were healthy but probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> uh, Brian Shaw was uh, on the team. 2017, 2018, 2018, 2019, and 2020, right? She sure is. She sure is. And that's that $16 million salary. Sure is. And then we got Sir uh, Jake McGee, who Ooh. also wasn't unhealthy, right? Uh, I mean, the, the season's kind of a blur, but I do remember him going on the DL for at least once, maybe twice. Maybe twice. And then there was that whole Mike Dunn situation, which was the eighteen million. Yep, and then DFA'd at some point during the season. I don't remember when. It's like June, I think. Yeah. And then Sir Wade Davis of thirty-four million. Probably would have been better if he was injured all year. Probably been better if he was injured all year. Um, and then we got rid of you know Ionetta because we DFA'd him for his. It's only an eight million salary, but um. Out of those players, who has positive B war? Oh, that is that's a good question. None um, of them. None of them do. I'm, yeah, I was gonna say none, but I, I was gonna say maybe Chris got close. Mm, no, <laughs> no. No. Okay. Daniel Murphy had a point two B war this year in his ten million dollar salary. Hell yeah. Ten million dollars for just point two. Hey, I mean, if you go by the $8 million per war, he's like one and a half away, so. He's so close. So I mean, close. if you round up. Yeah. You know who else said point two war? Yonder. Yonder Alonso in, what, like 12 to 15 games or something? <laughs> yeah, he didn't really play a whole lot at, down the stretch in September. No, it didn't make any sense. Like $200,000, like, okay, that's fine. Why did we get this man? And, you know, next time we'll talk about whatever happened, like who framed Robert Roberto Ramos. Ooh, good one. Like I like one. it. I like it. Yeah. Too. Okay. Um, so these are just kind of things that happened uh, recently and we're kind of building up to like the British thing. Uh, Ian Desmond has been paid $45 million as of 2019. Um, thoughts on Ian Desmond, John? Boy, there has been some times where he looks like he might be figuring things out to be at least like a passable major league player. But those are few and far between. He is mostly just arguably the worst player on the team, and that team employs Pat Vileka. <laughs> Pat Vileka wasn't bad down the stretch. I am aware, but we all know. It's so sad because he never hit 200, you know. <sighs> Ugh. Um. Anyway, Ian Desmond's still getting paid for it. The fo- he's been paid forty five million so far, and I think he's got seventy still out of it. Yeah, you they can decline his final year and pay two million rather than eight. So, but you have mm-hmm. to get to that point to then decline it. I think if um, they just outright DFA him, they have to pay the whole eight. <laughs> yeah. Let's go over it. We're just basing all these like numbers uh, and B-War off of uh, the Denver Post's um, 
kind of breakdown. Uh, Dalen Descalso got four million, three point six million dollars in a zero war. Uh, remember Kyle Kendrick? Boy, do I! I mean, that was only five million dollars for a negative point seven. I think that was the first ever free agent of the Jeff Breidich era. Was he the? Was that the biking accident one? No, that was Jeremy Guthrie. Oh god, that was terrible. He was real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what else was bad. Chad Qualls was bad at six million dollars. Yeah, and he got DFA'd real quick. Um, I always liked Jason Mott. He had a great foundation, but $5 million, zero B war. Also DFA'd, I think, in like August of that year. Yeah. Um, thoughts about Ryan Rayburn? And smash lefties, but that's about it. And it was only $1.5 million, but he was negative player. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like I said, he can only do one thing on a baseball field. <laughs> uh, the Black Bean. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Or was that Johnny Herrera? That was Johnny Herrera. Dang it. It was uh, some ninja. I'm talking the ninja, Alexi Amarista. Yeah. I I mean, it was only $1 million, but he was worth negative one and a half. And then he wore Tulo's number right after we traded Tulo, which... What a jerk. Oh, that cut me deep. Um, And then... So basically, we've mentioned positive war for oh Ryan Hannigan. Remember him? I remember his glove was like the size of three gloves, and it would it bother was so me. Big. He had like didn't that home run in San Diego or something? Yeah, he that did have. Cool. He had like two really cool hits, and I do remember them. One of them was in San Diego. I think one of them was in an interleague play as a DH for some odd reason. And that's how he got zero B war. Hmm. Um. So far, the only positive B-war we've mentioned has been uh, Daniel Murphy and Yonder Alonso, who have the same B-war, by the way. <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... <laughs> What's the saddest thing about the 2018-2019 uh, free agent signings? They all fucking play first base. Do they, though? Do, or did we make them play first base? What's so hard about peace, love, and getting a first baseman? It's supposed to be the easiest position to fill. You just get a dude who hits and isn't like absolute dog shit at defense. That's all you need. Right? And yet you can't do it. I mean, I guess you would have thought, you know, Daniel Murphy hits. I mean, the sighting made a ton of sense. It just didn't work out, which is unfortunate. But maybe you only give him one year rather Mm -hmm. than two. Yeah. We're stuck with him, and he's yeah. like 34. Yeah. Yeah. Although he's probably oh. someone you could trade in the offseason, but who knows? No. You'd have to trade him to like an AL team who we're going to eat like seven of that million dollars. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. Who knows? We get something. Uh, remember uh, your your boy uh, Gerardo Parra? Boy, he is a Nats fan favorite. Yeah. $26 million for Gerardo Parra. Hmm. Hit me with that B war. Negative one point five. Mm. 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 So it's been what five minutes, and we haven't talked about anybody having positive B war of any of the Jeff British signings, except for Daniel Murphy and Yonder Alonso, who have the same B war. And if we go by the actual variance of the statistical variance of war, it could go as far as negative point five, negative point zero five. 
<laughs> oh, good. So they could both actually negative. Yeah, in in the yeah in the system of error, it could get that low. <laughs> How about you? Uh, do you want to give us some uh, some positives from this little Denver Post thingy? Some actual signings. Uh, there was the first time that Mark Reynolds was with us, not the most recent time. 2015 Sheriff. That was interesting. Ended up being our starting first baseman after Ian Desmond got injured in spring training. I think he broke his hand or something. Oh, yeah. It was sliding or something. Yeah. And it actually ended up being like the best thing that could have happened to us that year. That's when we should have known we should stop signing first basemen that aren't first basemen. Yeah. Yeah. But no. But Mark Reynolds had 2.3 B war in a year for only $4 million. So that was kind of nice. That is value. That is value. Um, catcher. Mundo. Oh, yeah. That's right. Nick Hunley. Mr. Bounce around now. He's with the, I don't remember where he is now. Uh, he produced a full two wins at six and a quarter. I would have never guessed that. It's, he did not seem good. I guarantee it's the new framing, framing metrics. Oh, this is B-War. They don't have framing. So, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I don't remember this either, then. I just, I just don't think that's right for some reason. Uh, do you want to talk about the windmill? The Dutch? So, yeah, pro- arguably the best signing that we've had was the one year of Greg Holland. And war isn't the Wait, best Can we for- do one-year deals in baseball? Is that a thing? Other teams have figured out that one-year deals are certainly a thing. Quick aside, um, Yasmani Grandal deal. Worth one, it? One-year, $18 million? I mean, there's really almost no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Because you're committed to that money regardless. It's a guaranteed contract. So even if the guy sucks, you're still going to pay him regardless. You can just get rid of him. It's not like you're losing money. I mean, you're losing money, but it's not like you're commit. You're losing money for many years to come. Like if we right. DFA'd Ian Desmond tomorrow, we'd be losing money for the next two seasons. But we'd be gaining value and not having to see his stupid, sexy face and his terribly awful everything else. Exactly. But I just checked. Good. No. What were you gonna say? I just checked. Nick Hundley's uh, weighted runs created plus for 2015 was 105. I do not remember that whatsoever. He uh, his average was three hundred one. Once again, do not remember wow. that. The so okay, there the you la- go. There's there's one nice thing, and then there's Greg Holland, which is Greg the, Holland the best signing. And War is not the best way to look at relievers because they spend so few time in War's accounting stat. But still, mm-hmm. he led the league. It's like value added or something, right? Yeah, he led the league in saves that year there was a section of time i think it was like four outings in a row in august where he looked real bad but otherwise was absolutely nails before that stretch and after that stretch yeah and then with how good that signing was we offered him the wade davis contract which he turned down and greg holland's been not good since that moment He's been he was good twice. for like two months this year, remember? Like the Arizona two months. Yeah, his walk rate was still way high. Yeah. So it was smoke anyway. and mirrors, but yeah, so I mean, good signing for one year, and then you try to make a bad signing, which Greg Holland did not allow you to do. 
And so essentially because of Greg Holland's uh, 1.5, well, you can't, it's hard to say, uh, to value uh, relief pitchers with war. Um, but the total invested for B war, like comes out to be starting pitching. We invested 5.5 million starting pitching and got negative 0.7 B war. The relief pitching, we invested 100.5 million in relief pitching. Holy cow. That actually seems and, low. I feel like we're higher than that. <laughs> well, just because Wade Davis and Jake McGee and Brian Shaw. Ryan Shaw and Mike Dunn. Jason Mott. Chad Qualls. The Qualls and Mott weren't that bad. They were a couple. Yeah, I still think it's like more close to 130 million. Anyway, we only got 0.3 B war out of that. And I think that's all because of Greg Holland. (laughs) It is. It is all Greg Holland. And a lot of these like relief pitchers were at zero war because counting stat. Uh, There was 2017 Jake McGee was good. And then that's it. True. I kept I kept saying like don't worry, it's off year McGee. Yeah. No odd year is gonna beat no, he was terrible. Nope. Um catcher, fifteen million. We apparently got one point two B war, and that's all because Nick Hundley hit three hundred in twenty fifteen. Which I guarantee you there's probably like seven remember. Rockies fans who remember that. Yeah, wherever you are, identify yourself, please, and we will give you a free hat. <laughs> yes, I have so many of them. <laughs> so many free hats. I knew Hundley was a was a good guy. <laughs> See, I almost I st- missed the guy who trolled me with Hundley face every time. I every every single time. That was one of the best memes we had when in some dark days of that dark um, years of the sub. Um, what is the uh, what's the base after home plate? Is it oh, first? Boy, yep, it is first base. Number three in your scorebook. Sixty point three oh six million dollars. Negative one point eight B war. Uh, and a lot this of that shouldn't be that. It should not be that hard. It's not that hard. It's really not. Look at Mitch freaking Moreland for the Red Sox. Right? Like, there is some backup first baseman somewhere. Look at Christian um, Walker for the Diamondbacks. They traded away. He's great. Yeah, they traded away Goldschmidt, who granted had a down year this year. But Christian Walker and Goldschmidt put up almost identical numbers this season. Did, did Eric Thames have a good season? Um, not exactly. At the end, I thought he was okay. Yeah, he so he lost the job to Jesus Aguilar out of spring. Right. Jesus Aguilar was terrible, except for against the Rockies, and right. then got traded to Tampa, and then it was Thames' job. And he had, had two war this year. Yeah. He was he wasn't the, was it 2016 was when he was really good? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was... Fine. Aguilar actually had a negative point one ward this year, and I guarantee you, like we're responsible still, for like a, a single war of that. Still better than Ian Desmond. Uh oh. Uh oh. But the Expos. No, I'm sorry. The uh, <laughs> it's late. The uh, the Blue Jays probably a better first base and how'd Smoke do this year? Uh. Not as good as he was in 2018, but still pretty good. Man, I would have really traded everything for Pilar and Smoke both. You I know they're both kind of old. You could have gotten Ken Giles, too. Point two war. Yeah. Still better than Desmond. The Jays were sellers. They were selling. Were willing. They told, They traded Kevin Pilar in, like, what? 
May, like early yeah. May, super early May, and then and then you destroyed the Rockies, and he could have been our anyway. Um, infield utility, we only spent four point seven million dollars on basically Alexi Amarista, Daniel Descalso, uh, and they weren't terrible, but they weren't that much money. Outfield was twenty seven point six one four million dollars and negative two WAR, and that's probably mostly Ian Desmond and Gerardo Parra. That's it. And Ryan Rayburn was a little bit in there. And then we signed Matt Holiday for $100,000. Oh, yeah. One war. Matt Holiday, who was arguably our best hitter in August of that year. Was Matt Holiday our best outfield signing? Yeah. Yeah. How is it that hard? It's not. Okay. Well, the second part of this podcast is what the hell? Like, <laughs> how is it even possible to be this bad at your job? And keep your job. Yeah. So if Case, I mean, you know, everybody's listening to this. You know that there was a terrible press conference that just happened. Yeah. On Tuesday. It's made the rounds. Made the rounds. Um, John, uh, do you think that I would be a better general manager than Jeff Breidich? I mean, I don't think you'd be any worse. That's the, that's the real. That's the real. Right. I would say that you'd be a better general manager than Jeff Breidich. I mean, so if we're going to talk about him speaking on Tuesday, there was a moment when he gets asked about Nolan's comments about rebuild, and Jeff Breidich went full Bill Clinton. Well, it depends on what the meaning of is is. is, is. That's that's basically what he did with the word rebuild. He went full Bill Clinton. It depends on what your meaning of is is. I would need more information about what he meant. Like you know that Nolan Arno is not happy with you. Yeah, I mean the video clip of it that was posted on Twitter was startlingly bad. He is so he defensive. Just makes that face. He's so defensive about the question. He's basically trying to argue with Patrick Saunders, who I think most Rockies fans aren't the biggest fan of, and yet Patrick Saunders comes out looking like the clear winner in this conversation. Mm -hmm. It was such a bad look. It was such a bad response to an honest question to which literally all you have to say is, no, I don't consider this a rebuild. That's the answer. That's all All you have to say. That's the answer to the question. That's it. The question's over. Move on to the next question. Instead, he tries to argue with a reporter about what the word rebuild means. It's, and you know that, or Arnado had like said something in September about like, if I was the GM, I would have made some different moves. Like he went on the record and said some things like, I'm not really that happy with some of the moves that have been made. Yeah. And there was that Nick Groke article uh, in sometime, I think it was August maybe, where he talked about how members of the Rockies have talked to DJ and Otto about the information that they've been given as Yankees players, and so now the Rockies players know they're not getting the correct information. And who is best friends with DJ LeMahieu? Is Nolan Arenado. So, and you're and you're kind of alluding to some analytics stuff too, or? Yeah. So there was a comment that. So someone asked Bredich about analytics. He openly admitted that they are well behind 
basically every team in MLB, which is a problem. But at least you can admit it's a problem. Unfortunately, I don't think, Zach, do you think that they're going to mitigate that problem that they've admitted they have? Do you think there's somebody already in the organization who's going to be able to tell them that they have a problem? Because if not, there's no fucking hope. Exactly. If you acknowledge, wow, we are way behind in analytics, you pick up the phone and you call someone who is a lower-level employee who works for the Yankees or the Astros or the Dodgers or the Rays. You offer them a promotion and more money, and you say, fix our analytic department. You know what you're doing. Fix it. You don't have to pay them, like, player money even. If we don't have a lot of money for players, then at least fix the analytics department. An analytics guy doesn't even make, like, 100, 200,000 probably. Yeah, if you're worried about money, call somebody from the Rays. I guarantee you the guys in the analytic department for the Rays aren't exactly making Yankees analytics money or Dodgers analytics money. You make more money than the Rays do every single year without fail. But and you don't even have to try to make more money than the Rays. Let's talk about the Dodgers, though, because the Rockies are the same team as the Dodgers. Yes. We're just not patient. Yes, that was... Th- I mean, will let say, me see the actual quote. I, I, yeah, I will say, while well, you look for that actual quote, I will say, I think that ever since that moment when Dix told people maybe Denver doesn't deserve a team, he has actually been a very good owner He's just, his heart's in the right place. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to run a business, and especially a unique business like a major league baseball team. There's a difference between running your whatever manure business or whatever you ran in Greeley Mm. and running a major league baseball team. So when you can sit there and you can say to the fans, just be patient, and you reference something that you don't know what you're talking about. And it's mm-hmm. not difficult to, for people to see that quote and say, well, he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. So here's the deal is the Rockies management is aware they're behind the analytics department. But they're otherwise completely ignorant of pretty much everything, it sounds like. Uh, the, you know, we've been told over and over again that the Rockies overvalue their players and undervalue others. And people have told that to you straight up to your face. And you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to change anything. They must be wrong. It's like, it's like we're the guys who don't buy Crest because that one dentist, you know, maybe he knows something. Yeah, we're total bros with that one dentist. Bros with the one dentist. <laughs> uh, the quote uh, from the Monforts. The Dodgers didn't really change a lot. Did they have any big signings? Pollock was the only one, and he was hurt half the year. And yet, they won, what, 14 to 15 more games than they did a year ago? Part of the deal is you have to be patient. And the biggest issue with that quote is is it shows, again, part of your analytics department not understanding, because if your analytics department knew anything, they would know, hey, the Dodgers way underperformed last year, and we overperformed last year, and we still lost the division. They're going to get better next year. We're, like The Dodgers didn't even have to sign A.J. Pollock, and they would have won 95 games this year. You can look at any like Dodgers player last year, and I'm like, yeah, they should have hit five more home runs. Yeah, Cody Bellinger was... is going to finish second in the MVP race this year, and last year he struggled. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, like, Corey, Corey Seager had Tommy John surgery and was gone for an entire season. 
And now he's back. Let's see. You didn't what think else? that was. Who was our Corey Seager that we had to be patient for? You know, we had Brennan Rogers, and he's definitely not as good as Corey Seager, never will be. And also, we have the Brennan Rogers, um, Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon shit that we. I mean, you thought maybe one of them would have been okay. You didn't need all three of them, and then you didn't get anything for any of them, and now Rogers. Anyway, that's a, that's for another time. Let's get back to this terrible uh, conference. Um, in hindsight, there may have been an opportunity to be a buyer long term that may have helped up. That's one me. Yep, that's the Montford. one that I referenced earlier. That Mumford yep. said he nixed a deal. Which have is, to be patient with players. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between being patient and recognizing weaknesses and how to address those weaknesses. There's a difference between being patient with, I don't know, let's just throw out a random player, Ian Desmond. There's a difference between being patient with a player like Ian Desmond and just getting to the point where this is hurting us. I mean, you even saw Bud Black later in in September with Brian Shaw and Jake McGee and Wade Davis where they did not pitch much in September. Bud Black basically went to every single young guy he had instead of those three. And that was the right thing to do. He made the decision to not play those three. Um, well, and, and Dom Nunez was sick a lot in the last part of it too then, right? And that's why we played Drew Butera. Yeah, that's what has been said. Um, does that excuse it for everything? I don't think so. Um, I mean, and I'm Ian sure Desmond still saw a lot of games. Well, and I'm sure if Bud was candid about it, he would say something about Drew's game calling and how that would help these young pitchers. Ugh. And I'm sure that he believes that. And maybe that's something that me, as a guy who is more in tune with analytics than actual baseball, would is wrong about. It's, I'm not going to say he's wrong. I'm just going to say I would do it differently. Mm-hmm. So there's, in addition to the uh, press conference, we still haven't really gotten through all the terrible things of press conference. Um, patience is not a blind patience. There are times we were probably patient to a fault. Then maybe you should freaking change something. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's the classic Bud Black leave him in too long. Yeah. I think it's just because Bud's so old school, he's going to trust his players, whereas the numbers say someone like Chad Bettis when he's starting or someone like Tyler Anderson shouldn't see a lineup for a third time. It just it shouldn't happen. It doesn't matter what his pitch count is at. It doesn't He, he doesn't see a lineup for a third time. Why don't we uh, – let's do a Bud Black episode in like uh, a little later. Um, let's keep this back in the Monfort Jeep and Brightish thing. Right. Um, Monfort had told us the TV deal isn't as lucrative as I want it to be, but it is more money. The hell does that mean? So maybe I'm totally off base here, but isn't Dick in like a major portion of these quote unquote negotiations? Shouldn't he be like the final person who says, yes, we agree to this deal, or no, we don't. Mm. Shouldn't he have a team of negotiators, of lawyers, who are negotiating a deal, who are going to do what's in your best interest and at your direction? And it just sounds like they went to AT&T and said, hey, we want to stick with you. What are you going to offer us? AT&T said, the exact same thing we've been offering you. And Dick went, great, 
Nice work, everybody. Let's go home. I mean, and again, every pitch, every game is a fucking lie. Yeah, even even the New Deal when it was announced said at minimum 150 games, and we know that means 152. Dick Monfort says it never got to the bidding process. It came to an agreement first. AT&T's been going through a transition. They just wanted to stay with AT&T. The, uh, the fact that Dick Monfort has no idea what streaming is uh, is pretty pretty messed up. Like, Major issue. Again, I would pay $20 that, yeah, to $30 a month lost. to just stream the Rockies. It's money They lost. could have my money, and they just yeah. won't do it because Dick Monfort doesn't know how to run baseball to quote. Yeah, that's when your team of lawyer negotiators that you hire to get you the best TV deal possible step in and say, hey, you know what's going to be really lucrative for you? Is if there's a streaming option for people who are in their mid-20s and don't pay for cable. That's a huge market share. Or realizing that nobody pays for cable anymore. Yeah, that's a huge market share you're losing. That's money out of your pocket. That's an issue. So far, basically, we've... We've shown that Jeff Breidich knows how to waste money really, really well. Uh, $214 million for a negative 4.4 B-War. We know that Dick Monfort doesn't know how to make money. Um, And he gave a blank check to somebody who gave deals to people that are way too long. Yeah, I mean, for all the hangering that people will make about how we haven't signed, we haven't done this, we haven't done that, he's given... Dick Monfort has given Jeff Breidich money and said, go make the team better. And Jeff Breidich made all the wrong moves that did not make the team better. Well, it made the team better in the short term and then killed them. It was a ticking time bomb that, in hindsight, was easy to see. And nobody else was doing that. Like, oh, we're going to be the guys who do the whole bullpen thing for people who are going to be over 30 in three years. Like, nobody else is doing that for a reason. And I think part of this is is the we got that report that a lot of GMs around the league don't like dealing with the Rockies, and mm-hmm. that would mean Jeff Breidich in that case, because GMs talk to other GMs. So that means they don't like dealing with him. So there was probably, if collusion did happen, which is a rumor that is around, so I'm not saying it is true, mm-hmm. just a rumor, but if collusion happened, I guarantee you Jeff Breidich wasn't in those conversations about collusion. All you'd have to do is get somebody a little more likable than Jeff Breidich, you know? Give me, like, a like a 60-year-old, like, you know, about 30, 40 pounds overweight who likes a good, like, like some ribs and <laughs> likes some whiskey and only has a cigar in half of his pictures. He probably went to Brown and not Harvard. I'd be f- so thrilled. Maybe give me Cornell even, Jesus. Uh, it's Cornell, and it's the highest ranked in the Ivy. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, Do we want to piggyback off of this uh, whole TV money deal with extra money and stuff? And uh, Dick Monfort uh, said that he does not envision uh, we are we are we are cashed out. There is no increase in payroll likely because we screwed up and we gave all our money to people who weren't going to earn it. And we took we only took we took risks on people who were going to get worse. Yeah, it was there was never a. There was never a risk on somebody who could potentially get better. Yeah, I mean, other than the Ian Desmond deal, if you literally cut every single contract in half, you keep the same money uh, as far as an average annual salary, and all those deals look still not great, but they look a hell of a lot better. 
at least you have a chance to do something for Nolan before he leaves, and you helped him leave. Oh, yeah. Do we want to get into that, Mr. Just like Galaxy It's like Brain? 10 seconds. Jeff Breidich um, pushed Nolan Arado to ask for an opt-out. Yes, this means that Nolan Arnato was willing to sign an eight-year contract with the Colorado Rockies. No questions asked. Eight years. He was going to sign eight years of his life mm-hmm. to the Colorado Rockies. And Jeff Breidich said, hey, bro, what about in three years you can leave town? There's a possibility that you can leave town. How does that sound? And Nolan said, what? And he said, no, it's in the deal. Just sign it. I mean, and he won't admit fault to anything. That's the other problem, is he never admits fault to a goddamn thing. Yeah, I'm trying to find the quote here, but there is a quote where Dick does say that some of the moves they've made have hurt them. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what was going on in Jeff Bradich's mind. What was his inner monologue saying to him when that quote was made? It's like, I don't make any mistakes. I went to Harvard. Yeah, I need to know what was in that. Um, you can see brain. we're basically just analyzing the way the front office thinks about itself because the entire league knows don't deal with the Rockies because they're a bunch of assholes who have no idea what's going on. Um, so there was the executive update that went to uh, Rockies fans and... Oh, one, one more one more thing on this yeah. on this thing. Uh, Jeff Breidich was asked about uh, farm rankings and if um, they pay attention to them at all, basically. Um, and he said uh, that no, they don't, and that they look at Arizona Fall League performance to value their guys. Which okay, small sample size, extremely small sample size. A super small sample size, like SSSSSS. Yeah, a small sample size. B. Those prospect guys are getting hired every single day to major league front offices. Maybe they know what they're doing. Those guys get hired all the time. And that you say, oh, we don't pay attention to this at all. And the other funny thing is, okay, so you know, we've been harping on Dick Monfort, but let's just like let's take a few quotes from Dick Monfort versus Jeff Breidich. Um, let's start with the facts from Dick Monfort. We have four all-star everyday players, a catcher that's growing. We have an excited group of up-and-coming homegrown position players. And he says, uh, our bullpen continues to be a work in progress, getting called into games way earlier this season, not performing the way we needed them to. Does it seem idealistic with the disappointment of 2019? fresh in our minds. I'm optimistic of the core. Does this mean we just sit? Absolutely not. As a group, Jeff, Buddy, our baseball department, and I will evaluate everything, and we will start addressing all the issues immediately. Um, and then he says, bullpen needs improvement. Sorry, he's going to take the next step. Need the young guys who came up and performed late in the season to get even better. It's a tough season. I believe in our directions. Thank you for your support. So Dick Monfort says the bullpen's bad. And he says, what are we going to do? Just sit? Absolutely not. But previously, he said, also, we're going to just sit. Yeah. I mean, he's... Right? I would like to think that the subtext to that is, hey, I've given you tons of money for three years in a row, and the only signing that looks good is a Nolan Arenado extension, which was easy. To look good on signing it. Because all you have to do is, hey, there's this guy who likes playing here. Give him anything he wants. 
Yeah, and even then, you still screwed it up by you willingly give up. him the opt out. So yeah, and in the my Charlie mind, Blackman deal was another thing, which is nice. But you know, Charlie's going to age. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Charlie thing is damned if you do, damned if you don't. You don't yeah. sign him to the contract. He moves on like DJ did, and he mm-hmm. crushes somewhere, and you look bad. It, it and we maybe, don't have the outfield yet that we need. You know, yeah, Tapia and, is getting. Yeah, <sighs> so I think it's not. And yeah, I think if you could redo that again, I think you cut a year off of that, and mm-hmm. I think Charlie would still do it, and I I think it would have been better for all parties involved, except yeah. for Charlie who loses out on twenty seven million dollars. So there's that. Yeah. But it let's let's continue with the comparison though. So the comparison between Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich, even after this tough season, we have some fairly talented players, and the kind of season should spark only their competitive spirit. I believe in our organization. Blah blah blah. Dick Monfort sounds optimistic. And then we hear from Jeff Breidich. Uh, I'd like to second Dick's gratitude. It was a very difficult season for me. Oh, he says, for me. He doesn't even say for the team. He says, for me. Mm. Thank you for being there with us. Uh, simply put, it was disappointment. Momentum was not utilized in the way you envisioned. Uh, then it says, we ultimately came up well short of our goals. Uh, certain bright spots confirmed that there is talent in this group, but too often this year we seem to defeat ourselves and did so in a variety of ways. That doesn't say anything about the fact that you signed shitty players. That's that's yep. That's uh, that's the backbone to all of that. Do you want me to keep doing the rest of this like paragraph stuff, or you want to? Well, the other thing that I was going to mention because um, they've got former paragraphs and there's some shitty shit in here. You know what? Just go. I'll react based off it. Okay, I'll get you. Um, Certain things are clear as we sit here today. In order to return to our winning ways in 2020, the team will have to improve fundamentally, including but not limited to, colon, more confident and quality strike throwing by all of our pitchers, more consistent and patient at bats with runners on base, and better situational awareness with our base running. John? Hey, so maybe um, you should make some coaching changes then if that's what you want better as because... Clearly, that's been a problem for years. But hey, what do I know? It does sound like, how do you improve somebody fundamentally? Maybe you teach them with a coach? Yeah, maybe, no? I don't know, you look at... He did change some things in the last two years, coaching-wise, but... Sure. I mean... I think Foster is still... Look, I don't I think Foster's a bad pitching coach. Yeah, so. I think he's doing everything he can with what he got. Yeah, and there was, again, I'll cite that Nick Roke article where there was a lot of frustration that Steve Foster wasn't given the correct information from the front office to then relay to the players. So the players get frustrated, Steve Foster gets frustrated, and it all leads to one road. Everybody's frustrated. Um, Okay, so still he has said, um, difficult season for me, Um, there are bright spots, we defeated ourselves. We have to improve fundamentally. And then he goes on to saying, in professional sports, there's a certain swagger and collective belief that playoff teams exhibit. Oh, we didn't have the swagger or collective belief. We named ourselves the fucking cucarachas because we were so shitty. Yeah, like that was an organic thing that started in AAA. That started with the Albuquerque isotopes that then got brought here. Moving forward, some of our mental and physical habits embodied by our 2017 and 2018 playoff teams must be revived, reapplied, and made permanent. So it's it's the spirit, John. Oh, boy. Gotta love them spirits. 
And, you know, instead of saying anything good about, like, um, the new guys, he says, our veteran players must lead us in spirit and example. Our younger major leaguers must learn adapt. Yeah, younger major yeah. league players always need to learn to adapt. That's part of becoming a major league baseball veteran. Um, but also veteran players must lead us in spirit and example. Is he calling out Arenado there? Or Daniel Murphy, maybe, who's not a leader in any way, At shape, all? or form. He's just like, is a goofy guy who didn't do anything. And Charlie is his own like enigma. Yeah. Yeah, they but don't really have like a there's no like vocal leader on this team because Trev and Nolan are lead by example kind of guys. Yeah. Ian Desmond, I'm sure, would be a leader if he wasn't a terrible player. I'm sure it's difficult good. to try to tell someone, especially someone like, I don't know, say Raimel Tapia, who goes, I'm better than you, dude. What are you talking about? Anyway, he talks about shared joy. So that's the problem with the team, is that we didn't have any joy. Oh, well, you know, when you're losing many games in a row, it's hard to be joyful. Didn't we, like, have the... We had the worst month ever this year. Yep. 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 So instead of saying anything about I did anything wrong, uh, no two Rockies seasons are the same, just as no two Rockies teams are the same. Changes to this group will undoubtedly occur before spring training rise in February. What will not change is our collective expectation to play postseason baseball. We will continue our pursuit of a World Series title. A disappointing 2019 season does nothing to change that. You were 20 games under 500. And have been told there's no new money here. So you're going to have to get real creative. And if there's one word that I would never use to describe Jeff Breidich, it would be creative. I don't know. The Philip Deal group was pretty creative. Let's we'll sign a minor league player who's maybe not that good and give away a fourth outfielder just as everybody was getting injured. Yeah. 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 Who ended up producing what? Like two and a half wins, I think. That would have been so nice. We would have need Daza or Hilliard or Toppy or anyway. He says to that end, we will resume seeking out and developing players who can handle the pressures that accompany such expectations. So who didn't handle pressures? Because some of the young guys looked fine. And then he says, Thank you for your support. So never in that time does he say that I did anything wrong. Wonder why. And never in that time does he say seeking out developing players who can handle the pressures that accompany such expectations. So his whole philosophy is that every single thing he did was right and the players just sucked this year. But it sounds like, doesn't it? I, I'm, I'm trying to not be a hyperbolic. Um, John? There is, there is nothing he says in anything where he comes across good. Or being yeah, understanding. I mean, yeah, the reality or saying, is, yeah, he comes across bad in almost every instance of what happens. Like, there's, there's no one quote where you can go back and look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's a good quote. They're like, all, I like this guy. Yeah. It's all like calling out your own players for, for being bad and then not signing players who could have been good in the first place. And I still have a hard time realizing that we've never signed a guy who has the potential to get better. Yeah. Like, where's our weird creative... Where's where's our Max Muncy? And I'm not saying you have to sign a guy and he... Like a Japanese league guy who's yeah. like, hey, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to sign a guy who puts up five wins like Max Muncy does, but where's your scrap heap signing that turns out to be a valuable player? 
is Tim Melville is our best scrap heap signing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And that was A, out of necessity, and B, he wasn't really that good. He was just kind of fun. <laughs> he, um, he's at, uh, he fin- did he finish under five ARA? I think maybe. Uh, if he did, it was pretty close. And he was, the way he was doing it was like all sliders. Anyway, um, we still need to focus on the fact that nobody in the league likes British. Um, the players don't like British. We don't like British. He doesn't take fault for anything. He has no more money coming in. He has to be creative, and he can't be. The Rockies are doomed if Jeff Breidich is still there. Yeah, John. I mean, it sounds like he's going to be back for the 2019 season based on everything that's happened. So I think we're going to have to, or excuse me, the 2020 season. Yep. So I think we're just going to have to operate that he is going to be the GM for this offseason. Now, is, I, that that cuts a year out of the Nolan opt-out thing. So you're, you're so losing you get a year. One year, hopefully, with a new GM, with more money. And, and this is... The, the biggest overarching problem, other than Jeff Breidich is someone who the league does not like and respect, is we are so far behind in our coaching ranks because of our analytics that are so far behind. We're so far behind. And our player development's actually been pretty good, which is a testament to our scouts and mm-hmm. our minor league coaches. But think of how much better these guys could be if they had the same tools that the Tampa Bay Rays have. We are, again, we are talking about a team with the lowest payroll in baseball that is in it. the... It's, in the ALDS, they won over 90 games. They won more games this year than we did last year. Ooh, think of how analytics. good we've been at developing players. And think about what we could do with that information, with that focus. Think about we have the most unique home field advantage in all of sports. Even the Nuggets and the Avs and the Broncos don't have this kind of advantage. We have the most unique home field advantage. And... If we invested in analytics, I bet we could find a way that that works for us and it hurts other teams. And yet you know we, what, we haven't done it. You know what was creative? The British barrier. <laughs> Which is to hurt us way more. <laughs> it, it was like we took like the one thing like we have this unique advantage and we're gonna make sure we don't have that advantage anymore. Yeah, I mean I feel like Trevor Story's rookie year, he could have had like 35 homers, if that thing wasn't a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the other thing you could have done is you could have just signed a bunch of cheap lefties or something. Yeah. Like, you know how the Yankees do where they sign lefties short because they can short porch it? And we're like, we're not going to do that. We're just going to make it harder on everybody. I mean, I still maintain... I still maintain with how expansive our outfield is, we should just have a bunch of, we should have three center fielders at every position. Three good yep. center fielders. Yeah. But that's trying uh, something different using your home ballpark. Right. It's like you forget every year, like you play at Coors Field. Or, I mean, in, you could even do the argument like, hey, say you're not even thinking you're playing at Coors Field. Just say you're like a regular team. You know, say you're like, I don't know, St. Louis Cardinals. Pretty pretty normal everything, right? Similar, uh, similar market size. Um, who do you sign at first base? 
I don't know. I'd probably sign someone who's played the position before A. Mm-hmm. B is a good Sign. hitter. Solid. And C, yeah, and C isn't a total douchebag. What about somebody who's like almost 35 and has a reputation for not getting along with people? Yeah, probably not that guy. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, who should, like, how old should my center fielder be, you think? You should be as young as you possibly can make it. So, like, 33-ish? Yeah, if we shave 10 years off that, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I really, really, really want to have guys um, in the bullpen I can trust. Who, who would you sign? Uh, failed starters who have one or two really good pitches. Okay, okay. What about guys who are on the other side of 30 who give up a lot of home runs? And have pitched over 100 innings over the last two years. So basically this episode is uh, a cry. I've, I'm definitely not starting a GoFundMe for a billboard that says fire Jeff Breidich. Yes, that's not happening. Wink. Don't, don't quote me on that. Um, because he, there's no accountability because he doesn't know what accountability is. And he's, there was that headline. I didn't read the article. There was a headline from the Denver Post that said, the Rockies front office is great for 1985. And it is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You think Jeff Breidich pushed like puts the dishes away? No. He just like eats and then he leaves the table, right? I bet he uses paper plates all the time. Well, you you still have to throw those out. No, the dog will eat them. Oh, or you just use like like ten paper plates. And you just like soak through with shit over the years rather than actually changing anything or having any accountability that you might have to do something else. Yeah, he's married, right? Man, I feel bad for his wife. Yeah, I mean, he's in a position. Imagine him and his wife having an argument about something. Oh, you left the toilet seat up again. What does up mean? Like, what's up to you? (laughs) What's up to you? I'm asking, what's up to you? When was that? I just need a frame of reference. Was it the last year? I feel like he just keeps buying like really, really shitty Chinese food and he just keeps getting like diarrhea. I'm just like, well, it's not the Chinese food. It's the altitude. (laughs) It's the fucking altitude. Man, altitude really gets to you. Altitude really gets to you. But not change anything. Oh my God. I, so, I could just riff on all the problems that Jeff Breidich has as, as an operating human being. I mean, he's, <laughs> maybe he's like a nice guy, but like even Ian Desmond has a nice charity. And he, I think I've seen him smile like once or twice. Yeah. 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 We're in for, the, we're in for some uh, interesting times. I air quoted for people who are looking at me. I saw the air quote, by the way. So yeah, he's not making up that. I just, I don't know. I mean, at this point, you have probably the greatest third baseman of all time on your team, and you're going to waste him. And, you are. And, and you are willingly know. letting him leave town, potentially. I don't know how Trevor Story would sign here at this point. Man, yeah. You got to wonder... 
You could because, have signed the Trevor Story extension rather than Charlie Blackman extension. I mean, I know it would have been early, but man, Trevor Story can still get better. And he looks... I mean, he looks like he's going to finish top three gold glove, if not win it this year. And you it'll be... Like one of the best. You have one of the best left sides of the infield. Yeah, I mean, this is better than when we had Garrett Atkins and Troy Tulowitzki. Mm-hmm. And who thought you could get better than that? Who thought you could get better than Tulo? Yeah. And yet, Trevor's, like... He's Do you remember when them. we had, like, an actual first baseman? Like, was it Justin Morneau who actually could scoop? Man, Justin Morneau was fun for that year and a half. That was, that was nice, you know. And Cuddy? Cuddy was wasn't fun. terrible. And we got a draft yeah. pick out of that somehow. <laughs> oh, and never forget the fact we lost a draft pick for Ian Desmond. The 11th pick, too. The, the, only, the highest pick you could possibly lose at that time. So anyway, we're definitely not starting a GoFundMe for this billboard in Lodo that says Fire Jeff Breidich. Definitely Because not. there is no accountability up there. And if you're going to reach these guys, you got to shoot big because they can't see anything. Can't see the forest through the trees? I feel like he's just like surrounded by trees. Those trees are his ego. Those trees are his ego. Um, so anyway, um, this has been the official Fire Jeff Breidich episode because, like, there is no reason to defend him anymore. I know there's somebody out there who says, Herman Marquez. Okay. Good move. He- Nicely done. Credit where credit's due. Good move. And the extension and then, you signed him to was extremely reasonable and extremely smart. Sure. Yeah. Why not? He's, he's basically, like, acquired Herman Marquez, gave him a great contract. Like, that's, like, Herman Marquez is, like, his baby. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, the, he lifts Herman Marquez up. Look at this guy. Look at him. The funniest thing is he didn't even talk about him in a conference. You know, like, how certain people say, like, look how big my win was in this year. You know, other people, you can just say, like, well, you know, I, I did sign Herman Marquez over there. And people are like, okay, we'll lay off good, you for a second. You can, you can be a dick to us for a little bit longer and not answer our questions. And You should just start wearing in a Herman Marquez jersey. Mm-hmm. Just walk around the facility. When he does his media tours, just wear that jersey. You guys remember this guy? I got him. And signed him to a reasonable contract. Okay, okay, fine, fine. But what about first base? Hey, 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 hey. Herman. Herman. Yeah. Ah, man. Yep. So that's the state of the 2019 Rockies. Slash 20 Rockies. The 2020 Rockies. um, Okay, why don't we do like one optimistic thing? Say every single pitcher is healthy and some... (laughs) Every single pitcher is healthy. You still don't have a bullpen. You still have Danny Murphy. You still have Ian Desmond. And you still have Bud Black playing him, probably. Yeah. Um, the comments from Jeff Breidich in that uh, press conference do not make it sound like he's willing to part with Daniel Murphy because he said um, he'll be back next year in different words. But it's basically what he said. Um, can't see them DFAing Ian Desmond and just willingly losing 30 some million dollars. So he's probably back. Can't see that I could I could see them DFAing one of Brian Shaw, Jake McGee, but not both. And they're definitely not gonna DFA Wade Davis. Yeah. So it looks like you're gonna have the same cast of characters. 
And the problem is by saying that out loud before the season's already over, I mean, the season's even begun, like you lost a bunch of season ticket holders too. That was free money. You could have just said like, we don't know what we're going to do. Like, you know, it was hard. Um, we're going to try to find ways to to make our team better through, uh, you know, development and selection. But he obviously just says like, nope, this is it. Take I mean, it honestly, all, all he had to say was this. Man, this year was tough. We didn't see it coming. We need to go back to the drawing board, identify what we did incorrectly, and shore up those deficiencies. That statement right there does way more than whatever the hell this press conference was. You know Dick Monfort's favorite food? Feet. (laughs) They're always ending up in his mouth. Yeah. I mean, it it was just such a bad press conference. That's our boys. There's a there's I get wanting to be transparent, but boy, they went about it in about the worst possible way. God. Well, just remember, um, everybody, we are the exact same team as the Dodgers, and if you're not patient, you're not a fan. Hashtag be patient. Hashtag always be patient. Hashtag better spirits. Mm. Love the spirits. You Maybe know, we should get some know, imps in here. Maybe some fairies. Uh-huh. Get all those you spirits. Know, Pat Vileka just doesn't play up to his expectations. <laughs> Pat Vileka is his Barton's expectation of spirits. Okay. I think Ian Desmond is like a skull vodka that's been discarded. <laughs> it's got to look good, so it's got to at least have a nice bottle. I'm trying to think of a shitty alcohol. Ian Desmond nice and Skull. I could see like the, the even like the, the text for Skull Vodka looks the same as Ian Desmond's name. <laughs> yeah. And then Dana Murphy is like Admiral Nelson's whiskey or something. Hey, the team that we're the exact same as just won the first game of their NLDS six to nothing. Same team. Yeah, we did that, right? Remember that time we won the NLDS? Yeah, yeah. We we also had Jack Peterson hit a monster home run. We shut out people all the time. Yep. Was there a relief pitcher in that game who who didn't give up a a run? Yeah, his name's Joe Kelly. Oh, okay. And how, uh, how do you Maeda. how do you get one of those? Uh, well, see, Kenta Maeda, you just have to get somebody from Japan who was a failed starter, and mm-hmm. then you find another failed starter who has. Oh wait, failed starters who have two really no. good pitches. No way. And you can sign him for super cheap. Because Remember like five years ago with the Juan Nicasio problem? Oh, and he turned into a really good reliever. He had a rough year this year, but... All you had to... Anyway, that's just not how the Rockies work. And we don't do analytics and we don't change anything. So, um, to everyone who's still listening to this, um, go find your favorite awful liquor because that's what you're going to be drinking in 2020. Ugh. Uh, well, I'm glad people listen to us basically bitch for an hour, but I'm sure it's cathartic, right? Yeah, come on sometime and you can help bitch with us. <laughs> uh, All right. We'll see you later. Hashtag fire British. Hashtag be patient. Hashtag we're the Dodgers. <laughs> Bye, guys. Start wearing a purple, wearing a purple